Hello, everyone. Welcome to Couch Talk. I am so excited to be with you here today. I'm Dr. Anna Kabeca. As you know, my Couch Talk is an intimate place for intimate conversation to inspire health, pleasure, gratitude. So I am a physician and retrained gynecologist and women's sexual and pelvic health expert. I've created the programs womensrestorativehealth.com, sexualcpr.com, and known for the creation of the amazing green drink, Mighty Maca. I am here today as a um, honored interviewer of Debbie Silva, who we are going to talk today about a very important topic, and that is maximizing your impact, right? First impressions are key to maximizing your impact, how to look, feel, and live like a leader. So um, before I get started with our interview with Debbie, I do need to do our little medical disclaimer and to let you know that the opinions expressed on the site and by Dr. Quebec and Guest are, not, are published for educational and informational purposes only and are not intended as a diagnosis treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and treatment. Please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. The site does not endorse or recommend any commercial products, medical treatments, pharmaceuticals, brand names, processes, or services, or the use of any trade firm or corporation name is for the information and education of the viewing public, and the mention of any of the above on the site does not constitute an endorsement recommendation or favoring by Dr. Kaveka. So very excited, again, to be here with um, Debbie Silva, and I want to tell you about her. She is known as the Mojo Coach. With that name, that you know, just in and of itself, you want to sit up and listen, right? She is the president of Lifestyle Fitness and founder of themojocoach.com. She is a recognized health, weight loss, fitness, wellness, lifestyle, and personal development expert. She's a speaker and spokesperson and author of two books. She's been recommended by Brian Tracy, Marshall Goldsmith, Jack Canfield, and many more. Debbie's branded the Mojo Coach because she's led countless others to achieve their ultimate body, mind, image, and lifestyle, inspiring them to get their mojo back and helping them transform into their personal and professional best. Her proven complete transformation system, your five-step blueprint to create your ultimate body, health, and lifestyle, has enabled professionals from all over the world to quickly and finally achieve lasting success in the areas most important to them. So it's an honor, Debbie, to have you here with us today, and uh, really it's a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. You are welcome. Well, tell us, let's get started with how did you get branded the Mojo Coach? <laughs> well, here here I was. Imagine uh, I'm a dietitian, master's in nutrition, personal trainer. I have a full-time, full-time business and at the time a uh, husband home and four kids and only four dogs. We have six now. And, and as I said, this full-time business. And working like crazy. I mean, we know how it is. We, we're just taking on way more than we should, trying to be everything to everyone all the time but I also had these toxic relationships and and just a ridiculous amount of chronic unmanaged stress and I started to get sick and I was just I was blowing it off I didn't have the time to take care of myself and then illnesses started showing up and again I'm too busy didn't have the time Uh, then conditions and eventually 
full-blown disease. And, you know, you know your body will speak louder and louder until we pay attention. Well, that got my attention. Because as a, you know, as a, a nutrition and fitness expert, I was doing everything that I had known to be right. And I was anything but healthy. I mean, things got so bad, I actually had to give up my entire business with clients that I loved because I couldn't get out of bed. You name it, I had it. Couldn't raise my own kids. It didn't make a bit of sense. So, um I had surgery, and while I healed, I studied to become a whole health coach, health expert trained to teach how your lifestyle may be contributing to health or wellness or illness and disease. And it was really while I was going through that program, I learned that, in fact, you know, the the thoughts I was thinking and the stress I was under and the relationships I had were at the root of it all. So I thought, well, what would happen if I changed all of those things? Because the nutrition and fitness part I had down. And I did. And over the course of nine months, I healed. I healed from everything. Got my mojo back. Started working with clients, but this time in a very different way. They started getting their mojo back. They started calling me the mojo coach. And I was like, ooh. And then the, my complete transformation system was, was born. And I've just been using that model to help women ever since. Mm, I love that. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your transformation with us and what you've been through. I know that is um, a trying time period, and there are cycles in our life where we can, you know, where we find ourselves just stuck, and it doesn't matter. Like you said, you knew the best of nutrition and fitness. Mm So, Debbie, what needs to change besides nutrition and fitness? You know, don't get me wrong, those are huge steps in the right Mm -hmm. direction. And even right there, there are so many things we can do, you know, as far as, as far as how we're eating, how we're moving, you know, that old model was calories in equals calorie, you know, calorie in is a calorie out and eat less, exercise more and everything in moderation and all you need is willpower and weight loss has to be slow to be maintained. I mean, we know now it couldn't be further from the truth. So we need to just understand, you know, get our eating together. And then of course our fitness, you know, it was that old model of uh, these long, drawn-out cardio sessions where we know that's just spiking our cortisol and not doing nearly the benefit as uh, like burst training or interval training. So having said that, so assuming that our eating is right, and that's, of course, you know, making sure we're not doing any emotional eating or binge eating or things like that. There are, there are so many other areas. You know, it's like if you picture four legs of a table, if you knock out any one of those legs, the table won't stand. Well, we're the same way. We have these four crucial areas of wellness, and we don't take care of any, you know, any one of those. We neglect those. We won't stand strong, and we won't be the same. So, so you know, one leg is certainly body. That's our nutrition and our fitness and, and how we're eating, how we're moving. But there are three crucial legs that need our attention just as much as the rest. Mm, so tell us what those four legs of the table are. You said the first one is body, and by that you mean movement. Let's go into that. Let's let's stable, establish a good foundation for our table. Sure. Okay, so the first one is body, and that's going to be your nutrition, and that's going to be your fitness. It's going to be, uh, you know, are you are you creating a lean, fit, energetic body, you know, filled with, with energy and health, and health and vitality? And that has so much to do with not just what you're eating, but why. Why are you eating? Are you responding to an emotional trigger? Are you stuffing yourself to stuff the pain? Are you just eating out of appetite versus hunger? So there are so many things to pay attention to just 
in, in the nutrition aspect of it. Then, of course, the foods we're choosing. What are we eating? You know, we all drive, or most of us drive, and we know we need to put gasoline in our car. But then it's, it's interesting how, you know, our body is the only vehicle we have taking us around for hopefully many, many, many years. What the heck are we fueling it with and expecting it to run and run well for us? So that's just the nutrition aspect. And then as far as fitness goes, you know, we have a fitness personality. Just as we have a regular personality, we have a fitness personality too. And when we cater to that, that's when we, that's when we actually enjoy fitness and we don't have to dread it. And that's when we get results. I mean, for me, as a busy mom and a, and a working professional, if I'm going to bother lacing up, I better get results or it's just not going to be worth it. So what's going to motivate somebody to work out and get the results that they want? And, and what's the driver behind all that? Well, it, it really takes discovering your fitness personality. So that's really that, that, that one leg, the body leg. Um, and, and it's really about discovering what do you need as far as your nutrition and your fitness to really, really get the most out of those two, out of those two areas so your, your body performs the way you want it to. Uh, and, I, and I always start with nutrition first, by the way. Uh, there's that saying, trainers say, you can't out-train a bad diet. When you, so many people, they'll start, let's say, with fitness. And the best you'll do is break even. And then you get so frustrated because your body's not really changing the way you want it to. But so much of the way our body looks has to do with what we're feeding it and why. So by starting with nutrition first, then exercise can catapult your results. Uh, So it's important to start there first. Mm, I, I love that. You said some fantastic things here. So the first leg of the table being the body and the aspects of that are addressing nutrition and fitness. Addressing, I love your quote, um, that is, um, uh, where is my quote here? You can't out-train a bad diet. So choosing the fuel as the food that we eat to really give us that um, leg up, so to speak, (laughs) as the legs of our table. Right, absolutely. And then you also, when you start with nutrition, like in, in week one of my program, we will nail a, a you know a, sh- a sugar habit. And it doesn't matter, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you break free of that. Now you're, you're, you gain confidence because you say, wow, if I did that, what else can I do? And uh, and also you get some clarity. You know, you, you, you feel better. Your body's already responding, and you're much more willing to take on something like exercise. Uh-huh, uh-huh. When you get out of that addictive cycle, you know, and that oh. craving cycle. Absolutely, absolutely. And and we so, we're so rooted in this idea, well, this is just who I am. This is how I, you know, this is just what I've been struggling with. And it's like, okay, well, that's what you were dealing with, but who says that's all it has to be? You, you know, and, and then I go through this, people say, well, I'll be so deprived if I can't have these foods. And, I, and I'll say, well, you can't have everything, but you want to know what real deprivation is? Real deprivation is not feeling great in your own skin. Real deprivation is sitting out, you know, on the side because you don't have the confidence to join in. Deprivation is, is not being spontaneous, not feeling sexy, not doing all those things you want to do because your body's holding you back. That's deprivation. Mm, yeah, I like that. Real deprivation is not feeling good in your own skin. Um, so what is leg two? What is the second leg of the table? 
led to his mindset, and this is just as important as the body leg, because your mindset, that's, you know, your beliefs, your behaviors, your conditioning, all of it. And, and our belief system is, is no more than the repetition of an idea from someone you trust. That's it. So all that means is someone said something to you enough times, and you trusted them, and then that became your belief system. And, you know, if this could really serve you if they're coming from this place where they're, they're uh, instilling a belief system in you that propels you to be, do, and have more. But what if someone is instilling beliefs in you that's coming from a very limited belief system themselves? And what happens is we live within those limits because we think, there's a cap on our level of health or love or financial success or abundance or friendship or whatever. And it's all based on that condition. You know, I was just reading something that we, we have something like 60,000 thoughts a day and about 80% of them are negative. So if your belief system and your conditioning is so largely filled with all that negativity, take a look at your life and see, and see what's showing up. You know, we when you take a look at picture an iceberg, let's say, 10% is above the surface. Well, 90% is below. What's wrecking the ship isn't the 10% above. It's that 90% below. That's the same thing with us. Our subconscious beliefs and behaviors, that's what's driving every single thought, behavior, action, and habit you have. And once these beliefs and behaviors are instilled, we don't question them. You know, when we were young, we used to, and here's an example. You know, think about it. We used to all believe, let's say, in the tooth fairy, right? And we didn't question it. Yes, there was this little lady flying around, and we were good with it. That was it. And then as we grew, we were like, wait a second. Is there, is there really that little lady flying around? And when the belief didn't serve us anymore, we set it free. And what happens as adults, we stop questioning. So, so I really invite everybody, question everything I say. Most importantly, question everything you say. And if that belief doesn't serve you, set it free. Let it go. Mm, yeah, I love that. Can you give an example in, in restoring our mojo? What's a belief that holds us back that we need to set free right away? What do you, you know, I, I would, yeah. yeah, I would encourage every listener to write these three things down. I'm so dot, dot, dot. I can't dot, dot, dot. I'll never Dot, 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 and see what shows up. Every single thing, if you just allow that process and you see what shows up, those are your limiting beliefs right there. And very often you may even hear a voice attached to it. It could be a parent. It could be a teacher. It could be whoever. But either way, they, someone said something to you enough times, then you took it on yourself. It's taking up all this space in, in our head, and we're absolutely – acting, behaving, performing based on these beliefs. So what I always suggest is once you see what's written there, like let's say, I mean, you know, I see with so many women, I'm so fat. Well, you know, that's, that's what that belief is. But what if you sort of slowly change that to I'm working towards a healthier body every day? 
And and if you just committed, you know, and I have all my clients get it, wearing it now, it's, I'm looking at it like you can see it, um, a Mojo Minder band, and you can use a simple rubber band. We can't change anything we're not aware of. So what if every time you said, let's just use our example, I'm so fat, and you snap that band, certainly not to hurt you, just to create awareness. <laughs> what if you just conditioned yourself to every time you said, I'm so fat, you snap that band and trained yourself to say, I'm working towards a healthier body every day. Well, eventually the I'm so fat will lose its charge and the new belief will slowly become, I'm working towards a healthier body every day. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And um, and so write down these three things. I am so, I can't, I never. See what shows up, where those beliefs came from, and then reframe them in the positive to something you want to see for yourself. Oh, ab- absolutely. And it's it's all about that awareness first. And unless we're aware, we absolutely can't change it. And I'll see this all the time. I'll, I'll see someone, they'll come to me and they'll say, Deb, I, I have seen every dietitian, I've seen every nutritionist, and I gain and lose the same, you know, 10, 15 pounds for 10, 15 years. Now I know, okay, so we'll go through, of course, nutrition and a bunch of other things, and maybe we'll hit on something like relationships. And what happens is, I said, well, and then I'll say, well, what happens when you start feeling a little confident, feeling a little sexy, feeling a little bit more outgoing? And then all of a sudden I see the face change. And it turns out maybe their partner gets threatened, jealous, insecure. So what do they do? They pack on the weight so they don't rock the boat. So now it's my job to point this out to them, right? And sometimes they'll say, I'm not going there. Okay, that's fine. But at least you know what you're working with. So at that point, you have a choice. We always have a choice. And then it's, okay, is it, this is my belief now that to maintain this relationship, I have to look in a way that that is just comfortable for for him or her, right? But does that serve me? So the awareness part is crucial. We really need to become aware of what we're doing and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so true. Become aware of what's holding you back, uh, aware yeah. of what your beliefs are. Yeah, yeah. and those, those beliefs, they can be so working for us or so not working for us. And what yeah. we'll do is we'll – We'll go for something, you know, up until that point we hit our comfort zone. And that's when it gets a little scary. But, you know, it's like when we used to, you know, if if you remember back when, let's say the first time you dove off a diving board. And you may have been standing on that diving board and then you're like, no, 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 not doing it. And you went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And at some point you, you dove in, right, you jumped in, whatever you did. And then think about what happened after that, right? Your mom couldn't take you home because you found bliss and and exhilaration and it was right past your comfort zone. So even though it's scary, even though it's uncomfortable, that's where begins so if you if you find that you have these thoughts holding you back and then you you realize hey these truly are not serving me and they're preventing me from the body health the energy the life the lifestyle that I want you know if you do no more and and here's one thing that that I encourage all the listeners to do and this goes with everything every single thing you do can only bring you one of two ways further or closer to everything you want. So if you do no more than make that commitment to just make choices, decisions, even food choices that bring you closer to what you want, think about the huge strides you make over time. 
Oh, I think that is beautiful. Thank you. All right, so body and mindset. What's number mm-hmm. three, the third leg of our table? The third leg is image. And when I talk about image, uh, I'm talking about, your, of, you know, yes, what you're wearing, but more importantly, your body language, your mannerisms, how you show up. And, you know, so often I see this done backwards, like where we say, well, if I'm in, you know, if I get that job or I'm with that group, I'll dress differently, or if I'm with those people, I'll sound differently, or if I do this, I'll behave differently. And you know what? We're waiting for the external to influence the internal. But if you've ever noticed, you know, someone in, let's say, just an entry-level job, right, and they look too good or they sound too good, what happens? Over a very short period of time, they're promoted or they're gone. And that's because it's an inside game. So the whole, you know, your image can be a bridge or a barrier. You can have the most life-changing message. But if your image is is bland or off or over the top, you're not going to be heard. And it could be the most wonderful PR campaign for you, helping you or really prevent you from, from what you want. And there's actually an image activity that I do. Uh, this is privately or with my groups. And they will see who they are at their physical, mental, and emotional best. And this is a game changer because once they do, then it's, I mean, just imagine seeing yourself, you know, looking a certain way, doing a certain thing. And then if you do no more than respond, eat, act, behave, exercise as that version that you saw of yourself, it's only a matter of time until you become. You know, when you think about it, every single thing, if you look around whatever space you're in right now, any physical thing you see there was someone's idea, right? And it was an idea, then expressed, and then manifested. Well, it's the same thing. So with this visioning activity, what we do is we bring up the vision and then express it until it manifests. So that's the visioning activity, and it's really, really cool. <laughs> okay, so I love that. I love that idea of the visioning activity and just having the vision board, having the visual in front of you. We're so visual, and to be able to see that for yourself, see what you see how you want to show up, see how you create yourself, see the real you, and just see, see it, um, vision it, focus on it, believe it. And and so many of our listeners, listen, may have felt like I've lost hope, right? I've struggled again and again and again. I don't like to look at myself in the mirror, let alone naked, right? Or I've had I've had a setback and or I've had a setback and I um you know, I feel defeated or ashamed of myself for following for falling back after having having you know, toe the line, done well, et cetera, falling off the wagon. So how do you how do you work with um how do you work in those situations with clients? What do you how do you coach them through that? Well, you know, first of all, I, I always find out where their expectations are. And and if the bar is set so ridiculously high, I want to know where that came from. Why is it that that's the level they have to achieve and then all they're they're constantly disappointed in themselves because the best they could do is meet up to these crazy expectations now i'm not saying lower the bar because you're not capable but what about giving yourself some slack so you have an opportunity to be impressed with yourself you know and and 
I find this so often when it comes to something like work-life balance, and I have a whole other definition of work-life balance, and, and I see this with moms all the time, the toxic mom guilt. You know, we feel so guilty. We're working, and it's all the things that we're not doing for, you know, at home or for our kids. And then when we're with our kids, it's like, oh, my gosh, all the work that I still need to do. And what happens is, you know, when you take a look at it, you only have a hundred percent, and when you're when you're split like that, you know, let's say you give fifty percent to work and fifty percent, you know, at home, you kind of stink everywhere. But what would happen? What would happen if you were one hundred percent in the space you are in? So when you're with your kids, you're a hundred percent, a hundred percent present, and because of that. There's no guilt. Now you can go and do your work and be 100% there and really serve the people that you're trying to serve. And it's so much more fulfilling and, to me, serves as such a greater way to find balance than trying to be split across the board all the time. Yeah, and, and what you're saying reminds me of this quote. Um, I don't know who said it first, but the best gift you can give is your presence. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. We're just, you know, and I remember reading somewhere where they said, make sure you are looking in your children's eyes when you speak with them. You know, think about it. It's like we're doing so, and this is the problem with women. We're so capable, right? So we do so much until we can't, right? And and, and I see this all the time, and I hear it from I hear it from women. Well, they'll say, you know what? Well, I'm watching the kids, but I'm also, you know, I'm with the kids, but I'm also cleaning the house, and I'm also answering some emails, and, and when, my, when my partner's watching the kids, the house is a mess. And, and, you know, and that's, nothing else gets done. But meanwhile, they all love hanging out with dad, <laughs> right? Because they may be much more present. So giving that presence is huge. And, it's, and I tell you, it's, it's not, you know, yes, of course, with our children. But what if we were present with everybody we dealt with? What if we, we really took that time? You know, I have uh, something called the one more principle. And it really means, you know, it's a good way to start. It's like, what would happen if you took, and this is, it goes for everything, one more minute to truly focus on what your child has to say. You know, one more minute to, to give that, that loved one that hug. Or one more phone call to, to, you know, improve your business. Or one more sprint. Or one more healthy meal. Just one more. I mean, think of where that would take you when it's compounded over time. Mm, I love that. That is a great point. I like that. The one more principle. So um, body, mindset, image. And what is number four? And then I, I, then I need to, you know, dig into your um, life as a mom and how you hold everything together. So let's, uh, let's go through the fourth leg and okay, then sure. jump in to that. Yeah. So the fourth the fourth leg is lifestyle, and lifestyle is it's our stress, it's our relationships, it's sleep, it's emotional health, it's toxicity. It's like everything I could cram into that last leg. Otherwise, the program would have been like <laughs> a year long. <laughs> but you know, even something like stress. I mean, stress creates aging, weight gain, illness, and disease. You know, it makes us sick, fat, old, and exhausted, right? And it's and our body's a billboard telling our, telling the world how we're handling our stress. Healthy internally, it's going to radiate externally. Unhealthy internally, it's going to radiate externally. And our body will rat us out like a little kid telling on their brother or sister. 
sister. So our stress is huge, and and that's just one piece of that. And then, of course, our relationships. They can, you know, are they? Do we feel better for having spent time with someone? Do they? Do we feel energized and supported and loved, or do we feel drained, depleted, and uninspired? You know, I use this example a lot, where if you've ever seen crabs in a bucket. You know, you don't even have to cover the bucket. They're so happy just to be crawling around the bottom. And then there's always that one crab that's kind of crawling up the side. And if you look, there's always like a crab there like grabbing on its leg like, mm if I'm not going, you're not going, right, pulling it right back down. And that's what happens when we're spending our time with negative people. You know, they just pull us right back into that crab bucket and then we're we're filled if we're spending our time with people who are negative and critical and judgmental and pessimistic, how could that not impact us mentally, emotionally, and then physically? It's huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so well said. Um, and you talked about that being tied into emotional toxicity. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's that's where all the shoulds come in. You know, we have these horribly toxic relationships, and we feel we just need to, to put up with it. We should. And I'll tell you, you know, when I when I crashed and burned in, a, in 2008, uh, the first thing I did, by, by far the, the hardest thing, but the first thing I did was cut the ties to my toxic relationships. And I remember the founder of the National Institute of Whole Health who wrote the foreword to my book said, Debbie, it was like watching you trade an anchor for a pair of wings. That was the most significant thing I could have done to impact my health. I started to heal from that moment on. Mm, I love that. So trading an anchor for a pair of wings and just by severing that, we always say, you know, we say that to our kids, right, is that, look, you're, you're guilty by association, whether you're, you're adopting the behaviors of those around you. When I hear things come out of, you know, like I, you probably have this experience too, hopefully not, but, you know, these shocking words that come out of my mm. child's mouth sometimes and you're like, okay, you know, she's a bit old for me to put soap and water in there, but what the heck, where did this, you know, where is this coming from? And and I tell them that all the time. I said, you're guilty by association. I mean, to, I, I don't, you know, I, it's very difficult. So let's just use that as a lead into, number one, is, is maintaining your sanity while being a mom. And, Debbie, you have a family of seven, correct? Well, it's well. My husband, if you if you count him, he's he's worth a couple of kids right there. But we we yeah. we have four we have four kids and six dogs. So however you want to whatever number you want to give to that. Oh yeah, okay. Four four children, six dogs. I remember you have a, a great amount of dogs. That's awesome. And uh, my daughter's trying to do that to me. Gradually, every day there's like another dog. But um, you can have some so, of that. So yeah. <laughs> So how, maintaining your sanity, but also maintaining your body, your physique, your um, willpower and resilience in a household of, you know, my, mine range from 6 to 26, right? Mm-hmm. What is your age range on your children? Uh, well, I have two boys and two girls, um, 19, 17, 14, and 12. So the first two were 16 months apart, then three years, and the second two were 19 months apart. Girl, boy, split, girl, boy. Uh, so it's it's busy. So my oldest is in college, but I, I think the only way I've managed to, to sort of make it work, first of all, I'm very honest, it's, it's far from perfect. I'm doing the best I can. I'm just doing the best I can. And there are just certain things that I let go of. And it's okay. 
you know, like I would not encourage you to go into my kids' rooms if you were to come over to my house. Uh, you know, you just have to Thank let you. Certain, you, you know, certain like with cooking, I'll cook anything if it's five ingredients or less. So there really are limitations, and you just do the best you can. And and I think that's a really important thing. And that's an important thing that I, I show my kids too. I'll tell them, look, there are so many things I'm going to screw up on, and having my own business, it happens all the time. But first of all, there's no better way to learn and put yourself on a on a new path than by your own mistakes. So bring them on. Welcome them. And then just – Make it okay. Make it okay that you're that you're not perfect. I'll tell you that we need to redefine perfect for sure. We have so many of us have this superwoman syndrome and, and supermom complex, and it just creates super stress. You know, I remember even when the kids were little, you'd go to school and you'd see the most beautiful artwork, and you're thinking, there's no way a four-year-old made that. You know, my kids had the with the glue dripping, and but they had such a sense of satisfaction because it was their work. And to me, it's all about making them confident and secure and empowered because I, I really feel if you have that as a base, you don't accept those toxic relationships. You don't, you don't ex, you know, accept things that if you don't feel well, you do. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So creating that confidence, security, and empowerment in them is so important and so key, and that starts at an early age and any age, focusing on the positives in them. And that's something, a discipline that I've certainly um, work on constantly is, okay, you know, there's many things here, but what's the one positive I can bring out of this? What's the one positive? And just kind of retraining myself from being critical to being positive, focusing on being an encouraging coach like you are as the mojo coach. And one thing that you said is this, it's okay that we're not perfect. And I will say, if I was perfect, I'd be bored. <laughs> That's my <laughs> way around that one. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. there's It's yeah. so much stress and pressure and so unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, and and that supermon complex, like where did we get that from? Where are our beliefs around that? And you know, there's the sense that we can have it all, and I believe that 100% we can have it all. Uh, but, you know, often it's not at the same time. So to accept that, to accept there's a season for everything in our lives and uh, taking that um, – minute, that one more minute principle, that one more principle and taking that extra minute to just be, okay, breathe, pause. You know, my mantra, you know, pause, breathe, smile, and connect. So um, it's so, it's so really true. Important. Yeah, and, and like I know with, with a, a busy household, but doing the work I love, I want it all. But I'm, and I'm really not willing to neglect any of those areas, you know, my husband and I, we're together 30 years, you know, we're, we're, it's important, you know, that we, we take that time with our kids and I'm absolutely mm-hmm. doing the work that I'm meant to do. So I've kind of resigned myself to the, the, the realization that, well, you know what, it just may take me longer and that's okay. And that's okay. But at the end of it, it's going to be exactly the way I want it or better. And, and that's fine too. Uh, I agree. You know, I have this saying, it's that, you know, as we as we grow older, we can still do what we did when we were younger. It mm-hmm. just may take us a little bit longer, but thank goodness we've developed patience over time. 
And we have so much more confidence. Do you notice as we get older, we don't really care as much how we look on the outside, and now we're coming across. It's like we've earned the right to say whatever we want, do whatever we want. It's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Deb, what is something to get, like, a way for people to get back into exercise if they've been out for Just so long? Just start. Just start. I mean, that's that's huge. We're so, you know, we have this sort of all or nothing thing. Like I said, well, I was on this routine and I was doing great and then I fell off. Like, okay, so what? Get back. What can you do? Can you put in 10 minutes? Just sweat. I, I, you know, just get started with just doing something that sweats, that, that makes you sweat. And, and it doesn't even matter what it is. And, and so often we focus on the long-term benefit. And that's kind of hard when we're getting back into something because, you know, if we're sitting there so out of condition because it's been so long since we've worked out, we're not really, you know, we're really not that motivated. But, well, two things. Uh, number one, look at the shorter-term benefit. You know, if you put in that workout, are you going to have more energy the rest of the day? Are you going to maybe eat a little bit healthier because you like, you know, the time you just put in, you feel good about it? Is your mood going to be improved a little bit because of what you just did? So maybe just that the real short-term benefit is enough to get you just back and, and, and be proud and impressed with the idea that, hey, a lot of people fall off and never get back on. You got back on? That's awesome. And then I would yeah. also really encourage people to find their why. What's the reason for working out or what's the reason to get healthy? And the the way that that I work with people to do it is just like this. You know, you, you ask yourself, well, why do I want to get healthy? And then so maybe the answer is, well, I want to feel better. Well, you and everybody, right? And But I encourage you to dig a little bit deeper. And the way to do that is just say, so I can. And maybe you come up with something like, well, so I can fit into my clothes. Don't stop there. So I can. And what you do is you keep asking yourself. You keep probing with so I can, so I can, so I can. And you keep going till you hit something deeply personal. And when you feel that emotion, that's your why. That's your why. Mm -hmm. Then keep that top of mind. So when you're not sure why you want to work out, reflect on that. And that may be enough to get you on track. Mm, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful, Debbie. I love that. Be so, so I can, and then just keep, keep digging, keep journaling. We've got a lot of journaling. We've hit a lot of beautiful points in this call, and um, I, I just, you know, again, the four legs of the table, the body, the mindset, the image, and the lifestyle, addressing those four key areas, being kind to yourself, and doing just acknowledging, I'm doing the best I can. And that's okay. I, I, I love what I love all of all of these lessons that you've learned. You've given me a lot of journaling, and our listeners a lot of journaling to do today um, for sure, and to figure out those subconscious beliefs and behaviors. So we're going to journal. I uh, the what are our negative beliefs? I am so. I can't. I never. And then and to see what shows up and think where that came from, and then we're going to go complete that with so I can, like why I want to do something so I can, the reason for getting back on the wagon is so I can or however. Would you say that's correct? I I would, and I would add this. Have some fun. (laughs) <laughs> that's crucial get your sleep have some fun while we're we're so busy putting the work in to improve ourselves remember life is supposed to be fun find the joy in whatever it is i mean you know i i look at it and i say 
who the heck gave me the idea of getting six dogs? But the reality is when they're all playing, I mean, sometimes I will just sit on the floor, and when you have six dogs just jumping all over you, it's so simple, but so, but just, you know, you get that unconditional love, and for a weird, you know, in a weird way, that's fun for me. What's fun for you? Just have fun. Connect, you know, with, with that friend that you haven't spoken to and just have a good laugh or whatever it is that, that brings you joy, passion, and purpose. Do that. You know, so often we, we just do all the shoulds. Well, but what about, what about really, you know, maxing out here and, and you're just as entitled to, to all of those things that bring you joy. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. But I would say your Vita Pura lifestyle tip is have some fun. And that does, like, you know, uh, totally reflect upon you, your energy and your positiveness and and everything I know about you. So I, I love that. Debbie, I, I, how can our audience connect with you? I know you have um, a, a free gift, offer some tools or something that they can connect with you through. Oh, absolutely. They could just go right to themojocoach.com, sign up for, you know, all my, my free stuff, and, and this way we can stay in touch. And I, I promise I won't bombard you with so much information, but you'll, you'll just get simple, easy tips just to, and, and it's really in, in all four of those areas, body, mind, image, and lifestyle, because like I said, you cannot work one while neglecting the other. You, you really, the others, you need to work them all and improve them all. And that's when you look, feel, and live your best. That's when you look, feel, and live like a leader, and that's when you get your mojo back. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Debbie, for being with us today. For all the listeners, again, I encourage you to go to themojocoach.com. Debbie, as you can see, is so inspirational, so much more that we can learn from her. Again, I thank you, all of you, for listening. And please sign up for our podcast, write a review. Also, you can blog your questions on our Facebook page at Quebec Health. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks.